Hey there, mama. You're listening to the Lift the Shame podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, mama of five and your family's intuitive eating dietitian, here to help you cut through the diet culture clutter so you can enjoy freedom with food as a family. I'm on a mission to help you end the generational legacy of diet culture in your home so you can experience motherhood free from food guilt and body shame. Listen in weekly for guidance on how you can ditch diet culture, heal your relationship with food in your body, and confidently raise intuitive eaters. Let's dive in and lift the shame together. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to dive in into a little bit of a mini series here where I want to explore this topic of intuitive eating, both for mothers in particular, and for kids as well, because I really think that as the topic intuitive eating has gained momentum and and a lot more popularity, especially in recent years, that there's been a lot of confusion around what that might look like, whether you're a mom in eating disorder recovery or what this looks like in your kids. And there is a lot of nuance here that I would love to just explore with you because I've been in a lot of conversations, both with, you know, moms that I've worked with moms in the lift the shame support group who are really exploring and getting curious about what intuitive eating means, what it looks like, what value they assign to it. And I think sometimes this can become skewed in our mind to a point that it starts to inhibit our relationship with food or inhibit the way that we engage with our kids around food. And, you know, sometimes there can be a lot of expectations about what we think it looks like, what we think it should look like. And so I just want to dive in and unpack some of these things together. And, you know, this will be, like I said, a little bit of a mini series, so I'm not sure how many episodes this series might end up being, but the first topic that I do want to explore is just intuitive eating in general for mothers and what this might look like and why intuitive eating might be challenging for you as a mom. And this is something that I started talking about over on my Instagram page a few months ago and was really interested to see the response that I got when I was exploring this topic and just putting out the idea that, hey, you know what? Intuitive eating may not be right for everybody. And it was interesting to hear so much feedback from a lot of moms who shared the relief that they felt when they realized that eating intuitively or becoming an intuitive eater didn't have to be the criteria by which they measure their relationship with food or whether or not they're successful in terms of recovering from an eating disorder. Intuitive eating has a lot of nuance. And so we're going to talk about that today. So today I want to just shed light here on why intuitive eating may not be necessarily a good fit for you as a mother. We're going to dive into some specific reasons as to why that may be. And next week, I'm going to be exploring what you can do instead. So if you've been trying intuitive eating, if you've read the book, you have the book on your bookshelf, maybe you've picked up the workbook, you've worked with other professionals who maybe have supported you in healing your relationship with food through the intuitive eating principles, but you feel like I'm still stuck or 
I'm not getting this or this isn't working for me. I want you to know that you're not alone. And we're going to be, again, talking about maybe why you might be getting stuck or some reasons why it may not necessarily feel like it's working for you. We'll cover that today and then make sure you come back and join us next week where I'll talk about just some alternative options that you can explore in terms of healing your relationship with food that maybe don't fit the box of intuitive eating. So let's dive in. Again, intuitive eating was actually something that's been around since the mid-1990s. So this is not a new concept, although because it's gained a lot more popularity, especially on social media circles, a lot of popular media outlets have been covering intuitive eating. So definitely the media exposure has put it in the spotlight, so to say. But it's not a new concept. It's been around, and this was an approach to food that was originally coined by two nutrition therapists and eating disorder specialists, and I'm sure you're familiar with them, Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli. And I will make sure that I link their original book in the show notes. If you haven't heard about it or you're interested in actually reading the book, Intuitive Eating, it is a wonderful book. And it basically goes through a framework to approaching food and nutrition, and it's really geared toward helping individuals that have struggled with a chaotic or broken relationship with food and to help them find healing from that. And intuitive eating is basically made up of 10 core principles, which I will link a blog post that I've written that goes into those in depth. And you can kind of, you can, you can see the big picture of all the different approaches that they're kind of intertwining into the process of becoming an intuitive eater. And, you know, these principles are really, they can be really helpful to help a person learn to become the best expert of their own bodies and to learn how to reattune with, you know, your body's innate ability to guide your food choices. And, you know, it really does What I love about intuitive eating is that it takes away the pressure to eat for external reasons, which is a lot of what dieting is, right? Like dieting gives prescriptive protocols and rules around food and what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. And those don't work for people because it often is misaligned with what your body actually needs and what your internal cues are telling you that you need. And so you know, this this can definitely give a lot of tools to help learn how to be the expert of your own body again. Unfortunately, with the popularity that it's gained in the mainstream media, there has been a lot of gross oversimplifying what intuitive eating is. And I've heard a lot of people describe it as, oh, just eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. And there is a lot more to it than that. And that's the reality of it. Unfortunately, it's easy to misconstrue what intuitive eating actually is. And one big emphasis on intuitive eating that I think a lot of people may not understand is the emphasis on embodied eating and learning to listen to your body as the best guide of what you need. Intuitive eating relies heavily on what's called interoceptive awareness. So being aware 
of your body's cues, your body's sensations, and allowing those cues to guide your food choices and to guide what you need. And this is a quote from the book Intuitive Eating, which again is linked in the show notes for you, which states that intuitive eating is a personal process of honoring health by listening and responding to the direct messages of the body in order to get your needs met. So that is a good descriptive of what interoceptive awareness might look like when it comes to eating. It's the ability to perceive physical sensations that arise from within your body to help guide your food choices, essentially. Now, for moms that have had difficulty with this, a lot of what I'm seeing is that it's really hard to connect to their body in that way. And for many moms, the reality is that interoceptive awareness or being able to listen and respond to the messages that your body is giving you is not possible. And that does not mean that you're a failure. That does not mean that you're not doing this right, that you're not recovered enough from your eating disorder or that something's wrong with you. The reality is there are a lot of obstacles out there that make it really challenging, especially as mothers, to be in tune with our body's cues to actually understand the the sensations that our body is giving us. And again, for a lot of moms, having awareness of your interoceptive body cues is not possible. This is a lot of what the intuitive eating principles are based on, like being able to listen to your body's hunger and, and fullness cues. And if you can't gauge your body's signals for different reasons, which we're going to get into, it's going to be really hard to sustain what your body needs and to make sure that you're nourishing yourself adequately. So I want to talk about why intuitive eating might not be right for you as a mom specifically. And again, I want to stress here that ultimately you are the best judge of what is right for you. And I think it's important when it comes to healing your relationship with food, you know, to know that there's not a one size fits all approach. Okay. That what works for other people might not necessarily work for you and vice versa. And I think, especially in our age of social media and influencers, it's really easy to see what other people are doing and try to mimic that to create similar outcomes. Right. And I think intuitive eating you know, is looked at as this is like the gold standard of having a peaceful relationship with food. If you're able to eat intuitively, then that must mean that everything is good in terms of how you feel about food and how you feel about your body. And that can feel so arbitrary, especially for moms who have had an eating disorder history or are who are struggling in their recovery there are a lot of things that can make it complicated to heal our relationship with food. And it's not as simple as following a checkbox of criteria and saying, here, if you do X, Y, and Z, then you'll be healed. It's not like that. And I'm sure for many of you who have been in eating disorder recovery, you've heard this you know, descriptive analogy of what recovery is like. It's not a linear journey. And I would argue the same thing for our relationship with food and our bodies. Sometimes in some seasons of our life, it may be easier to listen to our bodies than others, than other seasons that we may be in. 
And what I want you to hear is that there's not a one size fits all approach for healing your relationship with food in your body. And there certainly isn't a criteria of what recovery looks like. And I think what's important is that you're finding sustainable ways to nourish yourself, to take care of yourself. And ultimately in doing that, you are healing your relationship with food. In future podcast episodes, I also will be talking about, you know, how to raise an intuitive eater even if you don't feel like one yourself, because again, I think we measure our relationship with food and look at that to decipher the outcome of our kids' relationship with food. And the good news is that your kids likely have very intact relationship with food in their body. But going back to our topic for today, I just want you to know that intuitive eating is not the measure by which you have to hold yourself to, that there are a variety of different ways in which we learn how to feed our bodies, how to heal our relationship with food, and that's going to look different for everyone. But I specifically do want to address here some of the situations that may make it challenging for you to eat intuitively, and especially Again, like this episode is is for you if you have read up everything that you can possibly read on intuitive eating, you have all the books, you've listened to the audiobooks, you probably follow a lot of people on Instagram who are practicing intuitive eating, but you still might feel stuck with it yourself. And I just want you to know that there's a lot of reasons why that might be. So let's talk about some of those. So again, remember we just mentioned and chatted about why intuitive eating can be hard for certain people and why it might be challenging, specifically for moms. Now, when your ability to eat intuitively hinges on your interoceptive awareness, your ability to listen to your body's needs and and gauge what you need based on what your body's telling you. Now, what can interfere with that? So first reason here is if you are a mother who has experienced distress in your body for any reason, whether it's due to trauma or grief or loss, it is not going to feel safe to attune to your body's needs. A lot of times, I will say most of the time, when we experience trauma, we hold it in our body. And one way that we can dissociate from that in order to feel safe is basically to ignore our bodies. And this is a big reason why we do see eating disorders develop, right? Eating disorder behaviors essentially dissociate us from our bodies and from what our bodies need. And that is a survival mechanism, especially if you've experienced trauma and you're holding that trauma in your body. You are, it's going to be a lot more challenging for you to listen to your body and to feel safe living in your body. Okay. And again, that is not your fault. That is not something that you're doing wrong. It's, it's really your body's way of protecting you, of keeping you alive. I I see this a lot, especially for moms who have experienced trauma during their pregnancy or postpartum, you know, for moms who may have had a really challenging birth experience, you know, it can feel it can feel distressing to live in your body. And 
paying attention to what your body is feeling and needing, including hunger and fullness cues, is essentially forcing yourself to be attuned to your body's needs, which may feel like you're living in constant distress. So until underlying trauma is addressed and resolved, you know, it's going to feel unsafe to to live in your body and intuitive eating may not feel like a safe practice for you. And that's not to say that this will always be the case, but this is something important to explore if you find it challenging to be attuned to what your body is telling you. Another reason here is living under high stress may not allow for reliable hunger and fullness cues. And I mean, This, in a nutshell, can encapsulate what motherhood feels like for a lot of us, right? Like, let's face it, motherhood with all of its joys can also be incredibly stressful on multiple levels. And I know a lot of the moms that I work with are under constant stress. And there is this invisible load with motherhood that is weighing down on the shoulders of moms. And, you know, we hold and experience anxiety in our bodies as well. I mean, research has shown that high stress and anxiety can actually contribute to digestive complications, which if you're experiencing those physical symptoms of anxiety in your body, that's going to make it really challenging to understand what your body is actually needing when it comes to hunger and fullness or just eating in general. So it's not to say that you can't eat intuitively if you are experiencing stress. You know, we're all going to experience stress regardless. I mean, it's an inevitable experience of being human, especially being a mom. But chronic stress, you know, that can sometimes make it challenging to eat what your body needs. And it it may be important to find alternative ways to feed yourself if the physical symptoms that you're feeling from anxiety are making it hard to gauge what you need to eat. Another reason here is chronic dieting and active eating disorders can create a disconnect from your body's true needs. So I know a lot of you out there might be able to relate to this and and, and the reality is that, again, like your eating disorder is not your fault. It's not something that, you know, you're, you're doing to intentionally hurt anybody. And there's a lot of stigma around eating disorders. And one thing that's important to understand is that for many, many moms and women, eating disorders pop up as and develop as a coping mechanism, as a survival mechanism for a lot of reasons. But even if you haven't struggled with an eating disorder, but have had prolonged years of dieting, it can make it really hard to even know what your body's internal cues look like or what they're telling you. And it can be really scary to learn to live into your body after so many years of dieting or struggling with an eating disorder. And it's not to say that you can't work to a place where you are able to better reconnect to your body again. It just may not be appropriate for you right off the bat. You know, you might need some more guidance and structure to get you to a place where you're able to be more attuned to your body's needs. But, you know, if you're actively engaging in an eating disorder or have been dieting chronically, you may need some more steps, stepping stones to help you learn how to listen to and trust your body in order to get to a place where you can eat more intuitively. Another reason I want to talk about here is just going through seasons of drastic body changes that can make attunement to your physical body really difficult. So, 
you know, especially as moms, when we go through the process of growing and birthing and feeding another human being, our body's needs can feel really out of whack. And, you know, I just remember being a mom and breastfeeding and just feeling like almost like an out of body experience. Like the body that I was living in felt so foreign because my cues felt so unfamiliar to me in terms of the extreme like hunger that I was feeling when I was nursing my babies. And, you know, I, I know the same is true during pregnancy. Like if you are experiencing morning sickness and everything in your body is revolted by food, I mean, that's going to be really hard to be attuned to what your body may be needing. And so, you know, when we go through certain seasons, it may be more challenging to gauge what our body is needing, especially when we're going through drastic seasons of change, like through pregnancy or postpartum. The last reason that it may be challenging for you to eat intuitively is if you are going through any chronic or acute mental health challenges, or if you are neurodivergent or identify as neurodivergent. And so I want to explore this a little bit and I identify as an ADHDer. I'm a late diagnosed ADHD myself and can really relate to this in particular. You know, for a lot of moms who are dealing with something like ADHD or, you know, who are going through just different challenges in terms of how their brains process and work, right? Like if you, your brain just functions in a different way, certain things are going to be easier for you than others. And one thing I've noticed is that, you know, for example, like a mother who is dealing with inattentive ADHD may find it challenging to feed herself regularly because of some of the challenges that accompany ADHD. So if you deal with timelineness or executive function, or it's hard for you to make decisions, you know, just relying on your body's cues may not be enough to help you learn how to eat or to get what your body needs and to get adequate nutrition. So in those cases, relying on your body's cues may not help you, right? And that's where interoceptive awareness may be hindered in a way where you're not able to gauge what your body's needing. You're not able to really listen to your cues, even if you can hear them and kind of distinguish them and know that they're there and may be harder to respond to them. And again, this is true if you're neurodivergent or maybe just experiencing different mental health challenges that are making it hard to respond to your body's cues. Again, you may be able to identify that they're there, but because of the way that your brain is processing, it can be hard to actually take the next step and respond to the cues that your body is giving you. And so in those situations, we don't want to rely on body cues alone to help guide you in terms of eating and making sure that you are getting enough to eat. So We've talked about a few different reasons why it may be challenging for you to practice intuitive eating or why it may not have felt possible for you. And again, I hope you can hear me say that you are not a failure. You are not alone. And I know that you're trying so badly to become an intuitive eater because you want to set a better example for your children. And you might be struggling because you are feeling like this is not working for me. And if you have found that intuitive eating has not come easy for you or it hasn't worked for you. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. That doesn't mean you're setting up your kids for failure or that you're a fraud. Not being able to eat intuitively does not disqualify you from healing your relationship with food or your body 
or from raising intuitive eaters. And just remember, there's no one right way to approach food. And being able to eat intuitively is not the qualifying factor for healing your relationship with food. So next week, we're actually going to be talking more about other ways that you can support a peaceful relationship with food that may not necessarily align completely with intuitive eating. And so I hope you'll come back to our episode next week so we can continue this conversation. And if anything I've shared has resonated with you or you have questions about anything I've shared, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to come connect with me on Instagram at Crystal Cargus. You can send me a DM and I can't wait to hear what your takeaways from this episode was. So we'll continue this conversation next week. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift the Shame podcast. For more tips and guidance on your motherhood journey, come connect with me on Instagram at Crystal Cargus. Until next week, mama, I'll be cheering you on. Bye for now.